ready to begin. What year is this? The year is 2020, and this is Beyond Sin. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 261. Uh, On the show today, I'm going to be chatting with Dead Life. And uh, we're going to do that in just a bit, but first we're going to listen to some tunes. We're continuing our Dark Synth series. That is what is going on. I apologize, this episode is a few days late, but that's okay. There's still going to be a bunch of episodes uh, this month, although I'm looking at the calendar now and it says November 14th, so who knows? Maybe Dark Synth uh, will spread into December. (laughs) You know how my scheduling is. Look, uh, let's get the show started, all right, and listen to some cool tunes. So here is one from Connor, and that's all capital letters, C-O-N-N-O-R, and there's a symbol above the second O. Is it two dots? Is it an umlaut? I can't tell. My eyes are bad. Anyway, the point is this. It's a cool song, alright? And uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, the Kings of the Pattersons. We're talking about Robert D. Bishop, Chris Dance, and Mike Shima. Hope you guys are having a rockin' day. And uh, this song is cool, and you're gonna dig it. It's by Connor, and it's called I Am the 2080s.
right, and that was I Am the 2080s by Connor. And yeah, dig it, dig it. That was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Jose Arbello, the king of hell, with the 66.6, and Mr. Jacob Wick, my semi-sonic friend, with the 4488. And I hope you guys are having a lovely day. How did you guys feel about Baby Yoda eating those eggs? Spoiler. It looked like it was causing a bit of hubbub online for those of you who watch The Mandalorian. People are concerned whether or not Baby Yoda eating those eggs is appropriate. Which, in the grand scheme of things, is a pretty dumb thing to be upset about. Although you could say maybe it was like, maybe the episode was written by a vegetarian. Oh no, I'll have to look into that. Right? Because if people are all offended because that frog lady, like, those are her, her babies, essentially, but they're just unfertilized eggs which is essentially the same as the eggs we eat, and yet seeing Baby Yoda eat them on screen seemed to upset people, because like, but those are her babies! So maybe that's some weird, subtle way of getting you to uh, rethink all those eggs you eat. I remember there was an episode of Doctor Who back in the 80s where there was this chef that was trying to eat the Doctor's companions, and it was because the guy who wrote it was a vegetarian. And so it was like, maybe if we actually look at meat-eating through the lens of what happens if, like, humans are being hunted for meat, like, you know, then it makes you think, hey, is it going to stop me eating burgers? No! I'm just saying, that was probably, that might have been the motivation of the, uh, of the writer! Who knows? Although now that does raise a second question, because in the third episode, when they get to the planet and she meets up with her husband, and then we get to see one of these eggs hatch, so does that mean that he, like, whacked off into that jug? <laughs> These are all Mandalorian spoilers, by the way. All right, look, let's listen to more music, all right? This is Urban Matrix from the album Extrapolation. And uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's City Hunter with the 42. We just met him last week. I enjoy meeting uh, my awesome patrons. And there's Hugh Hefner in the 2666 Club. Just sent me a funny clip on Twitter of Alex Trebek swearing while recording promos, and it was funny, and it made me laugh. And now you are going to dig this tone, this tone. (laughs) Well, there's tones in it, I guess. Uh, You're going to dig this tune. This is Urban Matrix with Blush.
And that was Blush by Urban Matrix. And that was cool. That was uh, brought to you by my awesome PayPals. Let's uh, give a shout out to the PayPals. Well, there's Jersey. Hey, Jersey, how's it going? He was making this little video series, which was like some role-playing cyberpunk kind of thing with me as a character. And I still have to give him some d10 dice rolls well i'll do it man just uh, i'm a a busy guy all right and then there's brandon morin and uh nope (laughs) i almost said your real name uh upgrade jimpy the king of the paypals and then there's ross bruce daniel williams timothy warwick digital dreams jimmy groon the Ross Conian, Polaris Van Samus, Gus Velichek, or Gustav Velichek, Russell Nyes, Brandon Morin. Wait a second. <laughs> I think I read those ones twice. And there's Anselmo Incorporated. All right. I think that's everybody, right? The PayPals. And actually, Daniel Williams wrote a letter in. He said, uh, thanks for the shout out. I'm happy to support the show. I came across Beyond Synth on SoundCloud. I didn't really know much about synth up to that point, but it's great. And I love the variety of stuff you put on the show. You've converted me. Your shows are a real boost to me right now with this shitty year and all. In the UK, we are heading into another massive lockdown, but at least I can work through the backlog of shows. Quick question for you or the fans. What's your favorite show or one that you recommend for some great tunes or a good laugh? Keep up the good work. You're a cool guy. Dan Williams. All right, man. Uh, I don't know. Do you mean what's my favorite Beyond Synth episode? As far as like tunes, as far as tunes, that's a tough one because I feel like every episode I play uh, songs I like. So I don't know if I can ever tell you like this episode had the best songs in it. Because week to week, I'm just like throwing these playlists together, right? But um, I mean, funny shows, you can't go wrong with any episode with Lucasette. Those are uh, those are always a good time. The family shows, people seem to be enjoying those quite a bit, and we play trivia and stuff. Those are fun. I don't know, it's tricky. I don't like to play favorites, right? Because if I go in a list and say, here's all my favorite ones, and then some artist might be listening going, how come he didn't say mine was good, you know? Look, they're all good. How about that? <laughs> Listen to every single one. And most importantly, thank you for supporting Beyond Synth. Now let's listen to some more music, all right? Uh, Here's a cool one from Victor Roy from the album Fantastic Tales of a Future Lost. And uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. We're talking about Clint Dowling, Jimmy the Hutt, Newmark, Alex Selickson, and A Star Apart. A Star Apart! (laughs) This is me trying to add some variety to the show. All right, uh, here it is. This is Victor Roy with Dungeon of the Mind.
All right, and that was Dungeon of the Mind by Victor Roy from the album Fantastic Tales of a Future Lost. And uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. We're talking, of course, about Restless Night, Honeybeard, Tim Carlton, Johnny Five, and Kempson. And I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. Speaking of which, there is a rat in my apartment. And uh, I've never dealt with a rat before. I don't know what to do. We've been setting out traps, but then I talked to my brother because he worked in a restaurant, and he was like, we had a guy come in to, like, trap a rat, and it was like, you know, you got to wear gloves because the rat won't go on the trap if it smells the human or whatever. But I'm like, well, that doesn't make any fucking sense because the whole apartment smells like a human. Like, what? So he won't step on the trap because it smells like a person, but he'll fucking go through all our food boxes and fucking stuff that we constantly touch. How does that make any sense? Fucking rats. I saw it. (laughs) At first I was like, oh, it's a mouse. It's just a big mouse. It wasn't a big mouse. I saw it scurry away, and I thought it was a big mouse. That was the first thing I saw. I was like, oh, it ran out from where the fucking dishwasher... Not the dishwasher, the the washing machine was. And you can hear it scurrying. That's the difference between a rat and a mouse. Because, I mean, we've had mice... We had mice in the house. My dad's house had him in the apartment. You know, they're tiny, stupid things. They you, those little tiny traps kill them. But we kept on hearing all this scurrying, and like you can hear it. Like that's how big the fucking thing is. Is like you hear it running around on the carpet, just and just like what the fuck is this? So then I lean over the bed at like three in the morning after hearing all this rustling, and uh, it poked its head out from under the bed. And I'm just looking down at the fucking rat. But it's not getting the damn traps. And it goes away for a few days at a time. That's what's so frustrating about this thing. It's like, the other day, he triggered a mouse trap. And we could hear him scurrying away. I'm like, yeah, maybe he learned his lesson because it didn't kill him. Like, he triggered it and then ran away. And then he'll be gone for a few days. And then all of a sudden, you hear the fucking sounds again. I'm like, oh, fuck me. Then the one day, we're trying to catch it. Nighttime again look over the bed, and there is just a fucking rat. Just in the middle of the room, on the floor, just standing there. Well, not standing, but... Anyway, you'll find it's very hard to sleep when there's a rat in your room. Because I never know, like, do they do they have the same verticality power that mice do? How they can just sort of, like, run up pipes? Because that's the thing that's always the most confusing about mice. You're always just like, where the fuck is this thing coming from? Then you finally figure it out, and they literally, like, move vertically up pipes. They just fly up them. Because you'll be like, how is he where, How is he getting from this cupboard to this cupboard? Like, it doesn't look like there's any way to do it. But then when you finally catch the mouse in the act, they just full-on, like, just go whoop. Like, it's like they fly. So the idea of a rat, like, jumping on my bed is, like, not, uh... Like, if I needed any more reasons to not be able to sleep, (laughs) for fuck's sakes. Anyway, um, what am I saying? Oh, yeah, look, um, let's listen to some more music. There's no end to this story, because the rat's still here. So, I mean, like, there's... (laughs) Sorry if you were expecting closure. Um, (laughs) I would like some closure, too. Uh, but first, I would like to listen to this track by Advection Stride. All right, and it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. We're talking about Martin Larby, Blake Peterson, and Ken Jeru. You guys are awesome. And I hope you dig this song. This is Mainframe by Advection Stride. 
And that was Advection Stride with Mainframe. Yeah, and that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, of course, there's Ashley Keegan. Am I losing my voice? Ashley Keegan with the 24... I am. Fuck. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on, Ashley Keegan. I'm going to drink some water. Ah. Ashley Keegan with the 2049, Badge Mickelson with the 1986, the Buchelman sisters, Sarah and Rachel Buchelman with the 1985, and uh, you guys are all cool people. I'm trying out my free month of Game Pass. That's the Microsoft's game thing on the Xbox. And it's pretty good. Gives you an opportunity to try out games, which is nice. Although I don't really get much chance to play games. I mean... (laughs) This, this week, just because uh, sometimes the, the podcast comes out uh, a few days late, and that might give you the impression that uh, I'm just lazing around, but I'm not. We've been filming Andy's Spaceship episodes all week, and I'm, I'm scheduling too much into these weeks, and so a few days I've just been completely drained. I'm going to have to take a week off at some point. I think, well, that's the joke, is I, I need to take a week off, but not a week off from the podcast, just a week off from editing the show. Because I need to go through my damn emails. Like, I've just wanted to just clean everything out. And I feel like between organizing backups of the old Beyond Synth episodes and going through all of my uh, different social media accounts and checking all the uh, the inboxes and all the messages I get sent, all the different emails, I feel like that might even be a two-week job. Literally, like, eight hours a day just going through. I mean, like, how many messages are in Beyond Synth Gmail? 970. <laughs> and that's in the primary box. Those aren't ones that I've moved to other folders. Now, okay, I've read most of these, but I've always wanted to go through and just fucking delete. Just delete and, and organize. Get everything in the right folders. Like, this was music that was sent in 2014, or this was this, or this was music that I played on the show, or whatever. Like, ways that allow me to do my job better. And it's something I've been meaning to do for a while, because I don't like digital clutter. I've talked about this on the show before, right? Digital clutter, to me, is the same as physical clutter. It stresses me out. And I'm doing this fucking Reverb Nation thing, which I guess you'll hear me talk about with Dead Life, where Reverb Nation got in touch with me, and they said, do you want to do a thing where artists can submit, and blah, blah. So I'm doing that. And in doing so, first of all, there's now there's like 800, like 800 applications and I'm going through them and listening and most of them are the wrong genre or something. And in actual fact, although it's sort of depressing because like it's been very difficult to find people who are on Reverb Nation who have submitted who actually make the kind of music I like to play on this show, it has reinforced why I make this show for myself, which is good. Yeah, because as I'm listening to all these applicants, you know, they're saying like pop and electronica and all these different things. And I'm like, oh, this is not the right kind of music. And that's why Beyond Synth exists, because I'm curating this kind of music that just doesn't seem to be curated in other places. So in a way, it sort of like uh, uh, made me feel better about my my mission statement here. Now, what's my mission statement with Andy's spaceship, where it's just me talking to a bunch of puppets? I have no idea. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) why I make that or if the world wants it but uh, I'm going to do it anyways because it's fun and I like to have fun and I also like to listen to awesome music so how about we listen to one more track and then we'll go chat with uh, Dead Life alright so here's a cool one from Three Force from the album Resistance 
Brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $15 Club. We're talking about Prophet of Jupiter, 6 mil, Hampus ML, and Chatterack. And uh, this is Three Fours with Zero Day Union.
And that was Zero Day Union by Three Force. Brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, Retro Serenade and Mads Baron Christensen. And we will never forget the immortal Chris Celia Lane. And uh, yeah, so look, I hope you guys are having a lovely day and enjoying this Dark Synth series, which uh, may spill over into December if I, if I don't get all these episodes out in November. But uh, hey, man, you got to do what you got to do. Now, let's go chat with Dead Life. All right, well, I'm here right now with Dead Life. How's it going, man? All right, how's it going? It's going okay. So, Eddie, correct? Are you still Eddie? Yeah, Eddie, DL, Dead Life, Ed, Ed, Light, it's fine. All right, I listened back out of curiosity, because you were on the show once. Yeah. For one of my five-hour Christmas specials a few years ago, but we didn't really go into detail or really talk about the creation of the project or anything it was mostly just uh, you sounded really tired and we were sort of talking about vaping <laughs> yeah i vaguely remember it yeah i don't know i'm usually quite tired to be honest so i'm always <laughs> like just out of work or you know just finish work or you know so are you uh, are you awake now it's early right it's not too late uh yeah it's like 10 past three yeah yeah it's fine it's my day off today so i'm just chilling I watch. Uh, I've been watching um, Sunderland Till I Die. It's a football documentary on Netflix. So I've just been watching that today. Anyway, is it like a series? Uh, kind of. It's like a documentary about uh, a team in England. Because basically, I'm from Crew and uh, I support this team, um, like my hometown team. And I've started watching them uh, again. I watched them a lot when I was a kid. And we played Sunderland last night and we lost one nil. But we aren't really asked. Like they're pretty good. Well, I don't know. I just thought today, I thought, you know what? I'm going to watch this documentary about Sunderland. So I've been watching it and it's pretty sick. Hold on. What does that mean from crew? Like, that's where I'm from, crew. The town. The town of crew? Yeah, yeah, man. That's that's where I was born. Born and raised. But I left. Like, I live in Manchester now because that's like about an hour's drive from crew. That's where I was born. That's where I was like raised and uh, worked. And Wait, how do you spell crew? It's like crew, but with an E at the end. C-R-E-W-E? C-R-E... Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> like, no one's heard of it, but that's where I'm from. So it's near Manchester. Yeah, I'd say it's... Yeah. It's like in between Liverpool and Manchester, but Manchester, I'd say, is like our home city. You know what I mean? Like, crew's like a town, but me and my mates have, like, moved to Manchester because people tend to kind of do that, you know? Like, we get out of the town. But uh, crew's football team ain't very good. Well... Compared to some teams, it's not very good. I mean, I, I I love them, but they're like you know they're like in the low leagues. You know what I mean? But I love them. So all right, well, that's cool. I know I know zero about sports. The most I know is I play sometimes a game called Rocket League. Oh yeah, I played that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's as close as I get to sports is uh, driving a car and punching into a big soccer ball. And I Wii tennis. Oh yeah, yeah. When the Wii came out. <laughs> yeah, I, I quite like tennis. Like a bit of tennis. Well, I used to when I was younger, but. Uh, yeah, I don't really play football anymore myself. I'm not like I'm not very good, and I'm getting older now. You just can't, can you? Like when you get older, so <laughs> I can barely wake up <laughs> when I like pull myself out of bed, and I, I sort of do like a push up to sort of push myself out of bed, and then there's just all these crack sounds, yeah, <laughs> just from my fucking wrist all the way up to my shoulder, just oh, it's like fuck me. Yeah, I'm feeling that like because I, I got this new PC. I was telling you before, I got this new PC, and I was leaning over it. And um, basically, in 2007, I was watching uh, a band 
and I got flying kicked in the chest. What? Uh, yeah, just like a mosh pit thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I broke a rib then. That was like, what, 13 years ago. Whoa, somebody drop kicked you and broke your rib? Yeah, yeah. And then the thing is that, like... <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny, sorry. It's just, no, no, it it's is, fucking... it is funny. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he drop kicked me in the pit. And then um, I always forget that I've got this injury. It's like a recurring injury since then. Like, mm. if I get, like, hit there or something, like, it cracks again. Like, I forgot about it. And then just over a week ago, I was, like, leaning over my PC. And um, I just felt this crack. And I went, Ugh! you know, I was like, oh, shit. And, uh, yeah, so I've I've re-cracked re- my rib again. So, uh I think I'm just old, man. I think I'm just getting old and all these old injuries are coming back to haunt me. Yeah. Well, fucking... <laughs> how did someone have enough room in a mosh pit to dropkick somebody? I have no idea. Like, was it a running dropkick? Like a Liu Kang in Mortal Kombat situation? <laughs> or was it just like he just kind of jumped up in his place and did a kick? A bit of both. He was like... He didn't do a mad run-up, but there was a bit of a run-up. But there was like a bit of space. And then I think he just jumped in and just kicked anyone. And it just happened to be me. Fuck. Like, it wasn't directly aimed at anyone in particular, I don't think. But... I came off pretty bad. So uh. shit, I never that's the one thing I never I never had that sort of energy. Like I mean, I had friends that were into punk and they would go to punk shows and it was all this mosh pit gibberish and I just never it was never for me. It's like I like music and like when I would see people in a in a pit just like punching each other and stuff, I'm like, what the fuck is this? But I maybe just people have a lot of extra testosterone that I just don't have. I think it's just like I mean, I used to when I was younger, but it was like our way of venting our anger at our parents, you know, like, oh, I'm going to go to a, a gig and, you know, hit someone, I don't know. You know what I mean? But <laughs> it's like all consensual hitting, you know, like you all know that, like there might be a few scuffles, like, you know, some people might get hit or whatever, but it's kind of like an unwritten rule that you're just like, yeah, we're just all angry at our mum and dad, so that's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> Time to <laughs> go honest. listen to some fucking tunes and dropkick some guy in the chest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck you, dad! <laughs> Oh, my, like, I'm laughing now, but my rib actually hurts. I've so oh, <laughs> had it, honestly, the past week, I've been like, oh, like every time I laugh or cough or sneeze or anything, I'm just like, it's like I've been shot in the chest. I had a crazy thing that happened. I mean, not as bad as what you're describing, but um, my ribs now, there's like a crack that happens in like the middle of them. Like not, not a physical crack, but like if I stretch, so I stretch my like breastbone or whatever, yeah. there's a crack. Yeah, yeah. At some point that developed where I have to do that every so often because it's like a release valve for something. I, I, either there's built up pressure or fluid or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean... There's a thing with, like, backcracking. I've even had, like, someone walk up to you and, like, bear hug you and, like, dead hard, and then, like, your back cracks, and it's a really nice feeling. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get on that. Just find the biggest guy you know and just say, just give me a big, massive hug, and trust me, it'll happen. When I first discovered this about me, like, a friend of mine was making a short film, and I was acting in it, and I woke up, and it was, like, 5 in the morning, and I thought I was having a heart attack, because I just had this pain in my chest, like someone was, like, stabbing me with a knife. And I was like, whoa, what the fuck is this? And I couldn't do anything, and, like, it it really, really hurt. And then I went to the hospital, and they did all these tests on me, and then eventually, like, you know, they're like, well, your blood's fine, your heart's fine, blah, blah, blah. He's like, and the doctor's just like, "I, I mean, I guess it just must be your skeleton. I'm like, my skeleton? Like, he just, the way he worded it, it was like, I just pictured, like, a cartoon skeleton. <laughs> so I, I had that pain all day, and then finally, at one point, I just did kind of a stretch, and I just heard, like, the fucking, 
like the crack in my rib and then then the pain just went away instantly and so now every so often i can sort of feel like a mild kind of thing and then i just fucking do the crack and it goes away yeah man like you know it's just getting old i think you're just getting old man yeah you're getting an old skeleton man yeah <laughs> i'm an, an old skeleton, skeleton. <laughs> yeah you're, you're an old skeleton. fortunately i was never drop kicked so man, honestly like looking back I think, yeah, I, I don't know why I was doing all that, but... First, I, I want to just jump in and, like, actually listen to some music here. <laughs> oh, yeah, of We're going to go back in time to uh, 2017. You put out an album called Bionic Chrysalis, and uh, I want to play a track from that. I've picked a track from uh, from each of your albums leading up to the newest one. Oh, cool. Now, last time you were on the show, I think we already played Deviant, so I want to play the track Trash. Cool. And then we'll uh, keep talking. So this is Trash by Dead Life.
And that was Trash by Dead Life. And I'm here right now with Dead Life. Eddie, talking about getting drop kicked and watching football. <laughs> I've not watched football in ages, and I'm like, I wouldn't say I follow it. Like, you know, I, I'm into music and stuff. I don't really get to follow it. But then recently, you can stream it online, and I was like, I'll watch it. Because it's like a lower league team. You don't, it's not really televised, but you can pay to watch it being streamed, like five quid. Well, it's five quid for me because me, me and my housemate chip earn five quid each and we watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These are all the very important details that. Uh, <laughs> I, I was, uh, for a moment there, I was like, wait, this story doesn't check out. <laughs> Only <found>. five quid. Deal, <laughs> <laughs> <Still>, man. <laughs> So yeah, man, I think last time we talked, it was it was super brief, and I think that was right around the time where I think Bionic Chrysalis had come out, but before then, I was more active on Facebook, and I remember you had you had like a different project called, it was Harbinger, or Ed Harbinger oh, man, or something. that was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was around that time where I still sort of knew you as the other thing, yeah. and then you started Dead Life, and now Dead Life is just a thing, and the other thing doesn't exist. Is that correct? Pretty much, yeah. I'd say so. Cool. Well, we're done. <laughs> That's all I needed to know. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Ed Harbinger was just me kind of learning, and I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just kind of messing around, didn't really know how to produce. But then when I was like, I've got it now, it was like, right, that was when it was like, right, now it's dead life. So how did you uh, get into making tunes? Oh, man, that's a long story, but uh, I basically... <laughs> I got drop kicked in the chest, and then... Uh... <laughs> just suddenly I was like, oh, mate, you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> I'm going to start writing little beeps. <laughs> yeah. So, like, well, it's something I've always wanted to do. I've been in bands and stuff when I was younger. And, yeah, that didn't really work out. I was a drummer in a band for ages. Didn't really work out. Got a, a pirated copy of a DAW, because that's how you normally start in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which I have now purchased, of course. Well, what's your DAW of choice? It's Ableton Live Suite 10. That's my DAW of choice. It's amazing. I just love making beeps, man. I was always into like game soundtracks and film soundtracks. And then I played Hotline Miami and I was like, man, this stuff really fits with like what I like, you know, like the stuff I like making, like even though the stuff I was making when that came out was really bad. It was like, oh yeah, this kind of fits. So I started, I just kept going and now we're here on this show. What was <laughs> what uh what, what was the name of the band that you were drumming in oh man i don't even want to name drop them like i'm not gonna go there <laughs> but we weren't we weren't very good <laughs> it's just not worth it but some people know what it is like people i know know and did you put music online yeah it's got online stuff you can search up and it's you know it was just when you're in your late teens early 20s you just yeah, I'll be in a band, man. Yeah, you know, and then... What was the genre? Indie pop, but, like, a bit punky. Like, if I hear the music we used to make now, I just hate it. I just I just can't listen to it. <laughs> I'm just like, what was I thinking doing that? It's almost like a joke with, like, friends of mine now. They're like, oh, do you remember when you were in that band? I'm like, yeah, I remember, like, let's move on. I had some stupid haircuts, you know, just... Uh. Hey man, these are all rites of passage of growing up. It's okay. Mm. Like I noticed that being a band, it kind of I didn't really fit it, man. Like I didn't like the whole oh yeah, let's all stand around and look cool and you know like drink loads and like take loads of drugs and ugh, I don't know. I was just really like it's not really my thing. I just wanted to write. That's all I wanted to do. And being a drummer, it's kind of hard to write music when you're just a drummer, you know. So I felt I had to have the guitarist. Like me and him had to write. I couldn't write on my own. So. When I started making electronic stuff, I was like, I just want to get good enough or like, you know, 
be able to produce enough so that I can spend all my time writing and I can just always learn new things about like production and you know I won't be spending all my time sat in the pub getting pissed I'll be actually writing because that's the bit I enjoy you know like I like creating like the whole culture around music you know guys in bands that are like yeah I'm really cool and shit it's just cringe mate it's just like it's just not me <laughs> I just don't like it I just wanted to play a show you know obviously meet people at the show and stuff but really I'd I didn't care about going out and getting Larry. Like, I wanted to go home and I wanted to, to write. That's what I wanted to do. And to that, to now, that's why it's like, let's go. You know, like I can just come home, get home from work. I can just bang out some tunes. And I mean, it's just ideal. I'm I'm dead happy with it. Things are good. Were you a good drummer? I mean, I played for a long time. I mean, I started drums when I was nine, so I played for over 20 years like I was alright I'm kind of more of a jazz orientated drummer I'd say I mean like maybe I'd play live in my own shows or maybe I'd get a drummer in one day you know but how does a kid get into drumming like I feel like that would be a pain in the ass for parents yeah I was quite fortunate that my parents really wanted me to learn an instrument and um, I started on a different one uh, I started on like cornet which is like a little trumpet basically but I didn't like it it's boring I didn't like holding it I didn't like you know, I saw drummers and I was like, I want to play drums. Like, that's, that's actually like, that looks dope. So luckily they said like, oh, well, we'll get you a cheap drum kit. So yeah, I had lessons every Sunday. I was in some little bands when I was a kid and just kept going, basically. Wait, so you had a drum kit in your house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like in our front room. We had a little drum kit in the corner. Although I, I barely practiced it. Like the only time I really played it was that hour on a Sunday morning for my lessons when my dad was making the Sunday roast. So I'd literally just sit there with, with my drum teacher from like, a, was it like 10 to 11 or 11 to 12 um, on a Sunday morning. My drum teacher come over, sit there, we'd go through some pieces or whatever, some music, and then that was it. Like, I mean, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't like having lessons. I didn't want to get up on a Sunday morning. I wanted to do something else, you know, but but like looking back now, I'm pretty happy I did, you know. it's But like, I think when you're a kid, you just don't really... Got it, dude. I did piano lessons, but I didn't enjoy it. Mm. I just, uh, all I wanted to do was my piano teacher had a keyboard. I forget what model it was, but it was awesome, but I, I could only play it if I, like, did well, because I'd have to play on the piano, and I always wanted to just play with the synth, because there was a synth there. Yeah, yeah. And I just wanted to fuck around. Like, I never really liked learning other people's songs. I mean, I, I know I should have to get better at the thing, but I never learned, like, the proper hand configuration i don't like to <laughs> i hate that it's called fingering like it's just when it's just like oh, when yeah. it comes to piano just like you have to learn the proper fingering i'm like they gotta come up with a different word for that because <laughs> like i don't like saying it <laughs> yeah yeah man uh, but i mean i feel you with the synth you know like they got some cool stuff on it especially that one with all the in- with all the percussion on with like the you know you press the key and it goes yo <laughs> stuff like, that, like yo 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 you just keep pressing that like yeah, that's, that's my favorite one. That and uh, <laughs> someone found the clip I was looking for. I remember it was in, I think it was on a keyboard, but someone found it in an old uh, copy of FL Studio back when it was still called Fruity Loops. And there was one voice sample, like you're saying, you know, like how there's like the, the one uh, instrument where it's all just stupid samples of like, yo, party, fucking dance, <laughs> dance. And then one of them was... Wugga 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 big bag A big bag A wugga 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 big bag And like for years I was like Where the fuck is this sample Like I need to hear it again Because I never understood Who that sample was for Or who made it Or why And then someone found a clip on YouTube Of someone playing a song In like Fruity Loops 4 And used that sample That fucking 
Wugga, 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 big bag. It's like saying big bag. Like, I don't get it. Anyway, that's it. That's my story about that. Look, I want to listen to more music. We're going to move forward here to 2018. Uh, you put out an album that was kind of different from some of the other stuff you put out. It was called Variations on the Resolve. And uh, it was sort of more like a chill album, kind of like cinematic style. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just wanted to drop it down a bit after my second one, which was Order of Chaos. I was like, I don't know. I just wanted to make something a bit more kind of relaxed. You know? Yeah, and it was cool, and I want to play... Here's a track that I dug from it. Uh, it was called The Deepest Ocean, which was cool. This one kind of actually does build to have like a bit of a beat and stuff, because some of the tracks are actually pretty chilled out, but uh, but I dug this one because it's cool, so let's, uh, let's listen to that, man. This is uh, The Deepest Ocean by Dead Life.
And that was Dead Life with the track The Deepest Ocean from the album Variations on the Resolve. And I'm here with Dead Life right now, talking about making tunes and drumming and stuff. Yeah, man. Just making beeps, drinking Pepsi Max. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Pepsi Max. Who said... Oh, that's right. So I started making this new YouTube show where I'm in a spaceship. Oh, wicked. And there's these puppets and I've got uh, one of the puppets is played by uh, Garth Knight and he's got sort of like a thick kind of Scottish accent and he said the same thing he name dropped Pepsi Max and I started <laughs> yeah, laughing at him it, like this was like, behind the scenes he's just like oh I just gotta go get myself a Pepsi Max and it sounded so funny that like we were using the brand name it was like a commercial <laughs> well I've actually started weaning myself off it because um, man I've been drinking a lot of Pepsi Max like it's just so good it's just I've been drinking loads of it and so recently I was like, I need to start, you know, chilling out on the old Pepsi Max. I mean, obviously I'm British, so I like tea. I like a good cup of tea, but it's just easier to make a Pepsi Max. You know, it's in a can, so you just open it and it's like there, you know what I mean? But why is everyone saying Pepsi Max and like referring to it, the brand name and the product? Like, because when I go for like a drink, if I'm going to have like a pop, I don't necessarily call out the brand name. <laughs> like, I'm just like, oh, I just want to have a pop, and then I'll go get it. But I never think to say, I'm going to go have a Coca-Cola Slim or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I never... I don't know. I don't know. What have I been drinking lately? See, the pop I drink now is Coke Zero. Coke Zero is the Coke that I think they've swapped sugar for some sort of artificial sweetener. But yeah, it's like the Coke version of Pepsi Max, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know if it's Stevia. No, because they had a Stevia version that was fucking gross. Oh, shit. I don't know. And it was... It, like the Coke version, it came in a green can and it was called Coke something and it was fucking weird. But then they have this new one called Coke Zero that does kind of taste like Coke. And if you have it in a little tiny can and it's cold, it tastes like Coke for the first few drinks and that's all I ever need. Like for me when it comes to pop, I just like that first drink Yeah. when you get the fucking fizz and it's nice and cold and especially if you're like eating something salty or at dinner or whatever, you get that first like and then just, ah, you know, like you feel the burn. <laughs> yeah. That's why I've always been more of a Coke guy than a Pepsi guy because I feel like Coke burns more and sometimes it's the burn I like. It's the fucking sizzle. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think it's because Pepsi is like, it's not Pepsi, it's Pepsi Max. Do you know what I mean? And also, I think, <laughs> I, think <laughs> I, also, I think that we're basically saying like, you know, like we're making a statement like, nah, man, like we aren't having Coke, we're having Pepsi, right? And there is a difference, you know what I mean? You're either a Coke person or a Pepsi person, you know what I mean? But I am a big fan of it. But recently I've started drinking um, Le Croix. Is it Le Croix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Le Croix. I've been having that recently, like as in literally a couple of days ago, I was like, going to start getting in a can sparkling water because I was thinking that might sort me out. And it's like a habit that I've got now. Like I need a can of something fizzy, like... And uh, it's all right, man. If you ever get down the rabbit hole of Pepsi Max, you should get on the old uh, sparkling water. What I've done is I've switched to the small cans. So they they sell these like kind of small cans. I don't know if they sell them over there, but they do over here. So there's like the regular can of Coke. And then you can also buy these little like six and 12 packs of like these small cans. It's probably not worth the money. It's like you're paying almost... A premium to get less, yeah. but I still get the same satisfaction. I've been, I've adjusted now where now like a can of pop is too much, and then if I ever drink a big can of pop, I end up like leaving half of it behind because I don't want the rest of it. Okay, I think if I did that, I'd just have two cans. <laughs> I'd be like, I've got to get my fill. For me, because it's not so much about the caffeine, because I drink like a coffee sort of drink thing in the morning for my caffeine fix, and so I don't really get my caffeine fix from pop. It's more about the fizz. It's more about that, like when I eat a meal and 
it's almost like the the cleansing power of this uh, the acid, <laughs> which so, is what so it, it is. So it isn't the flavor. Well, the flavor too. Like it's like I like the the taste of Coke, and I and I like the fizziness of it. But that's why I'm doing it. Like I don't drink Coke to get like an energy boost because I I actually found the reason why I quit pop for actually a long time was because it was doing the opposite. I used to drink pop, going like, oh yeah, it's caffeine and it'll like keep me awake, and then it just started to put me to sleep because I think the sugar <laughs> in it was overriding the caffeine. Yeah, probably, man. Coke and Pepsi, they're too sugary. Like, like I haven't really got that much of a sweet tooth. So if I drink Pepsi, it just makes me... I, I can't drink it. It's just too much. Same with Coke. It just tastes so sugary. Oh, yeah. It's like um, Mountain Dew. And especially if you quit. Yeah. I stopped drinking pop one time for like one month. And in, in that time, when I picked up a Coke again, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, it was... <laughs> it's so sugary. It's crazy. <laughs> and you really notice when you stop. That's what I'm thinking with Pepsi Max now is like, because I'm having less of it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it hasn't got sugar in it, but yeah, mate, you got to put that brand name in, mate. Mate, I, I could get a sponsorship for this, but I'm out of time. I've got a Pepsi. Like, um, like on my Discord channel, the mods on my Discord channel have made a, a Pepsi Max emote because I just talk about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a little Pepsi Max emote just pops up, like. It's such a good, like, but like, Pepsi Max, it's just a really nice aesthetic can as well. It just looks nice. I don't know, man. It's there's something that they're doing, some underhanded stuff that they're up to. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'm not buying into it anymore. That's it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to wean off it. It's like, I'm like an addict, mate. I'm like, oh, I need me Pepsi Max. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, man, listen, I want to listen to uh, some more tunes. Cool. <laughs> I'm going to move forward here to an album you came out with in 2019 called Orphan. And there's a cool track on here that I dug called Tainted with One Kiss. And we're going to uh, listen to that. It's difficult actually picking tracks because like your your albums are pretty solid. So like when I go listen through them, I'm just like, oh, I like this one. And then like the next one plays. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll play this one. And it's tricky. Sometimes it's easier with people when like they've got an album that's like not good. And then there's like one great <laughs> song. It's a lot easier for me to pick it's loads of filler and like one yeah. that's the obvious one that's like yeah, this yeah, one, yeah. go play this one <laughs> yeah because even sometimes there's some bands where like if I can't make a choice because I'm sitting like oh I like this I like this I'll go to the band camp and see you know how on band camp people say what their favorite song is yeah but then even then it's tough when like everyone votes for like a different song because <laughs> yeah. I'm like oh fuck you guys like that was useless um, I, <laughs> so. I, I, th- I think from that album I think you're making a solid choice I think that one is like the most like oh I am a song like you know what I mean like <laughs> <laughs> I am a song. <laughs> so uh, here we go, man. This is Tainted with One Kiss by Dead Life.
And that was Dead Life with the track Tainted with One Kiss. And I am here right now with Dead Life talking about uh, Pepsi Max. And uh, that's about it. That's about <laughs> So what are some of your favorite, because uh, you mentioned earlier about growing up with uh, listening to like game soundtracks and, and yep. film soundtracks and stuff. So like, what are some of your favorite uh, game soundtracks? I'd have to start with Final Fantasy VII because that's always straight at the top of the list. Because that's one I just I've listened to for years. Although now I listen to the orchestrated version. I mean, I still like the original, but you know, it does sound a bit like a 1999 Nokia, you know, ringtone. That's the tricky one for me. Is there is a certain sound that doesn't resonate with me, and it's sort of like the era around Final Fantasy. So, like Final Fantasy VII has got some great compositions, but there's a certain sound of like the the sort of the JRPG era on like PlayStation One and PlayStation Two. It's or orchestral music but it's very midi sound like it sounds like the, the instruments all sound cheap and so like the the orchestrations are grand but like the actual instruments they use kind of cheapen it a bit yeah 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 totally there was a lot of that i think especially with final fantasy well it's like i i really like the Resident evil soundtrack from back in the day the silent hill soundtrack you know i was big into those and i hear them now like to be fair the silent hill soundtrack I can still listen to that. There's some really good little tracks on it. But there is also that, like, weird orchestral hit they use, like... It does the same thing to me that when I hear, like, synth trumpet <laughs> in, like, 80s songs, you know, there's yeah. a certain sound where I'm like, I don't care how nostalgic I am, like... I don't like that sound. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like the synth trumpet or there's like also like a synth sax sound. Real sax can be good, but like synth sax and synth trumpet, they just have this cheapness to them. Uh, there's a label that puts out, they send me music. I think it's called like Scarlet something, Scarlet Moon Records. And, and they put out a lot of these artists who are really inspired by that era of game. Yeah. The JRPG thing. And so they make music now that sounds like, in the same way that Synthwave is making music that sounds like the stuff from the 80s, there's all these people who actually make new music that sounds like stuff you would have heard on a mid to late 90s PlayStation game. And I, yeah. for some reason, that sound just doesn't gel with me. Like, I don't like the sounds. It's not about the compositions. It's just the sounds themselves. I mean, to be fair, I think that well, it's like with synth. I mean, with my stuff, I don't try and recreate something from that time, but I know there's artists that do, and they do it really, really well. But, it, you know, it's, it's down to personal preference, isn't it, really? It's like some people want it to sound like it literally comes from the 80s. Some people want it to sound like it comes from, you know, that period. Yeah. I mean, especially with, like, PlayStation soundtracks, for example, like, I think that those, if they were made a bit more up-to-date and a bit more, like, now, then I think they sound really good. It's possible also that I don't have a super sentimental connection to some of this stuff because I... I didn't I didn't have a PlayStation like I was a Nintendo guy. Yeah. Some of these games like I just didn't play at the time and so later on I would hear but then I I liked Twisted Metal the first game's soundtrack. Right, okay. I know a lot of people they always go off about the sequels but then it got into like heavy metal soundtrack but like Twisted Metal the first one has two really great songs like epic and cinematic. There's like one where you have a rooftop battle. Yeah. It's kind of hard to play Twisted Metal. Like, that game didn't age well in terms of anything. <laughs> like, graphics and gameplay of Twisted Metal 1 are terrible. But I always loved this one 
track. It reminded me of like a like the movie Speed or something, and so it was really fun to always. I always wanted to play on that map just because of the song it played. You know what? I never played Twisted Metal. I played games like Twisted Metal, but I never, I, I never actually played. It. I played like Carmageddon. I played Vigilant Eight. Uh, Vigilante 8 even yeah. <laughs> Vigilant 8 it's, it's because that's what I called it when I was like 13 like, oh it's Vigilant 8 uh, in, in Goldeneye there's a level called the Frigate because you're on this big boat and I had a friend who always called it the Frygate <laughs> you know when you're a kid and you don't know how to say things yeah you don't you just see these words and you're just like yeah that's the word oh the old Frygate oh we're at the Frygate map cool <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of the games that copied Twisted Metal did it better yeah. but Twisted Metal was Twisted Metal right Right? Yeah, it's like the original, right? It's like the one that started off a lot of others. Yeah, sometimes franchises just go in directions. For my personal taste, I don't like it. So I liked the aesthetic of the first Twisted Metal. Yeah. And then when Twisted Metal became like this, it's all about like fucking hard rock and they changed all the character origins and it was all fucking annoying guitar music. Then the franchise went from there and then that's what it decided what it was. But I sort of preferred the sort of simple aesthetic of the first game. Like my favorite character was Mr. Grimm, who was just a, a skeleton who rode a motorbike and he had like a black helmet on and he was all in black. If you play the game now, it's literally just a black block. <laughs> like it's horrible. <laughs> But I liked that. And then in the sequels, it got all ridiculous, and he had a sidecar, and it was stupid. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> I played, I think it was Destruction Derby. I don't know if that was in the States. It was made by a company called Cynosis, but they were a similar kind of thing, but a bit more real, like a Derby, you know, like a Destruction Derby type thing. I think, honestly, fucking Adam from Lucasette, I think he's the one who told me about that game, because I never played it, and I don't recall it being here, but he was super excited about that game. Yeah, like, you're just in a big circle, and you just have to just crash into each other, and that's it. Like, no one's got weapons, you just gotta smash everyone until, like, there's only one of you left, basically. So I played that a lot. Actually, did you ever play uh, Unreal Tournament? I did... But it was too fast for me. Oh, mate, I loved that game. The music on that game, after, like, you know, your Final Fantasy and all that kind of stuff, I was, like, into Unreal Tournament. And, like, when I started playing that, like, even now, I can put on the music from that game. And, like, I think to anyone else that hasn't played it, they'd be like, what is this? It just sounds like, you know, late 90s dance music. But it's just, like, when I hear it, I'm like, man, this is a banger. Like, this is such a tune. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that, that was very uh, of its time, I think. Well, speaking of music, I want to listen do another song all right i want to uh go forward here you you put out a few singles this year and i want to listen to this one called no longer human because i think i played the other one the other day oh the one before uh, our virtual hills yeah 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 i played that a few weeks ago that's a cool song yes yeah, it's, it's quite a chill summary kind of yeah i like that one but we're gonna listen to this one instead oh. so this is uh no longer human by dead life
And that was No Longer Human by Dead Life. And I'm here right now with Dead Life, talking about old games and soundtracks and things. Yeah, just beeps and boops from the 90s, basically. The cool thing about old PlayStation games was you could just take them out and put them in the CD player. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh, it's like a whole album on it. That's what I used to do with the the, um, the official PlayStation magazine, which I used to get every month when I was a kid. And it came with like a demo disc on it. And um, if you put it in like your CD player, there was like one track per game. If you had like 10 games on it, there'd be 10 tracks. I used to love that, man. I used to just put it on the car and stuff. Some of the music I liked was like so simple. It was just cool that it was in a game. There was like this racing game or it's like this futuristic racing game that wasn't that great, but the soundtrack had sort of like a techno. It's a wipeout. Was it Wipeout? Is it really, really fast? It's like a futuristic fast racing game. Yeah, and it was pretty basic techno, but at the time it was cool for whatever reason. I can't remember why. But anyway, so I love that soundtrack because it was all just... I think if I heard it now, it would be the most basic electronic music. Were they like little spaceships? Like little spaceships? Yes. Yeah, mate, I'm pretty sure that's Wipeout. I'm like almost... I'm like 90% sure it's Wipeout, but it might not be, but... There was a game called Extreme G. Yeah, but on that, aren't you a motorbike? I don't remember. played I, I think i played extreme g and i think there was like a boost button on it and you could like break the sound barrier on it and stuff and it was like at the time it looked so cool it was like oh my god it's like i'm actually breaking the sound barrier like, oh. <laughs> fucking extreme g <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> yeah, I used to love doing that, man. Fucking listening to the CDs. That was great. I had Doom as well. I still maintain that the music from the PlayStation 1 version of Doom was the best. I mean, up until uh, Mick Gordon did the new Doom, you know, uh, I think it's BFG Division. That's like a really good song. But that soundtrack for that, because like you could put it in your CD player. And I think now if I heard it for the first time, I'd be like, oh, it's kind of cheesy. It's not really my thing. But when I was like, you know, 13, I was like, oh, this is so badass. It was like big metal guitars and stuff. And it was like, Rrr. there's a few tracks from there was a, a Turok, Turok 2 on the N64. Oh, was that the dinosaur guy? Yeah. Where he fights dinosaurs. And there's uh, some music on that game that is fucking amazing. There was also a, a PC version. Now, theoretically, the PC version should be better because it was cleaner sounding than the N64, which was slightly compressed. Yeah. But in a weird way, there was something that was weird about the PC one because it was so clean that it, it almost like accentuated the midiness of the instruments. Yeah, I get you. Whereas on the N64, since it was slightly muted because it was compressed, it sort of hid that a bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, mate, that reminds me of um, Final Fantasy X. They brought out a remaster of it, and I don't know if they changed the music on it, but it just, like, it's the same music, but it just sounds so much different, because I think the same things happened, where it's like, it just sounds, like, too clean, mm-hmm. and it just takes away the character of the song, which I think the compression was kind of giving it. It was kind of giving it this kind of extra, I don't know what it was, like, warmth or something, or just this kind of, like melancholic nostalgic sound yeah i definitely get what you mean though with the with it sounding too midi midi like that's why i sort of got confused when i when i started fiddling around with making music and stuff because obviously there's midi like the technology of plugging your keyboard into a computer and it records the notes and stuff but then when i was younger there used to also be on the computer midi instruments yeah like they sounded cheap i mean that was the basic point it's like they were just these cheap sounding synth sounds that you know you could hear the most complicated composition but the second it was using midi instruments it would just sound cheap like no matter what yeah i remember so when i was younger i had a dragon ball z fan site on a angel fight <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> on, on that site, I had um, I had a like a MIDI collection of Final Fantasy VII tracks that weren't the actual compositions, but they were all just MIDI versions of those songs. And when I was like, you know, fifteen or something, I listened to them all day long. Because all day long, I just listened to these horrible MIDI songs. I did the same thing with the Doctor Who theme. When the internet was young, and uh, there were all these like sort of MIDI versions of the Doctor Who theme. Like, I just loved the song so much. So hearing it in MIDI, just because it was different. And uh, it's one of the things why I really love just the synthwave scene in general. Is like, there's so many people putting out cool electronic music that's like just what I like. And, like, I will be critical of, like, the kind of stuff that gets sent to me that is sort of, like, lifeless or generic, but it's still better than all the other music. So even when I listen to, like, generic synthwave kind of stuff where I'm like, all right, like, this is, you know, your standard synthwave, they're playing the same samples and the same drum beats and stuff, I'd still rather listen to that than the music I have to listen to if I walk around a mall or the shit that comes on the radio. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. That's what makes me happy, because I think about all the crap I listened to like in the early stages of the internet and in like you know the late 90s and early 2000s because I needed an electronic fix so I could only get it by listening to you know like Eurodance and techno and trance and while I don't mind that music there was always some element of that stuff I didn't like whether it be like these fucking terrible vocal loops that they would put over the music or <laughs> yo yo yeah like some or like some of the trance music there was the part of the song I really liked but then you had to listen to like this four minute build up and like every trance song was exactly the same up until that point where the actual like chorus bit came in and I was always interested in the chorus bit <laughs> where the actual melody was and I wasn't interested in the first four minutes and the last four minutes that was just a fucking beat yeah. And like nothing going on. No, man, I totally get you. I have it with um, that 90s, I think it's a Godzilla film with Jamiroquai did the um, yeah. theme for it. There's a little bit of that song that's amazing. And it's like, yes, that little like cinematic bit. Yes. And I, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's funny that fucking, I have not heard that in years, but I remember listening to that soundtrack. Someone put it on. And when that song came on, that's the only reason why I, I ever remembered who Jamiroquai was, because there was that one moment in the song where I'm like, this song's fucking cool. <laughs> and I don't think I've listened to it since. So I, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I have not listened to it in probably like <laughs> 17 years or something. But I know I like that bit man like that's something that like when i was younger i was like i don't like any of the music that's out now but every now and then there'd be a little bit of a song i was like that's so cool so i i know where you're coming from i think that is the thing with synth in general and like the way that it's moved in general and like just making music is you can kind of take those bits and make that the bit a lot of people would try and recommend music to me they say oh you like synth stuff like and i would get a lot of these sort of metal bands that would have these songs that started cool like there'd be a lot of these like kind of like goth metal type bands where they'd have a cool synth intro to a track and then all of a sudden their track would start and it would have nothing to do with that intro (laughs) at all like there's just this cool fucking minute and 15 second thing where it's like it's orchestral and there's like some cool like synth arpeggio in the background i'm like this is cool and then all of a sudden the guitars kick in and then it's just a different song now (laughs) and i was always like no i want that other thing to just play for like another four minutes like i could do without this other trash you know oh dude like when i was younger i used to have a a thing with um i'd skip tracks all the time i listened to one bit of a track listen to a couple of times and i just move on to the next track and i've been the same with that one like i just want to hear one bit of a track so that's one nice thing about the synth scene is uh because i'm having difficulty right now I agreed to do this thing on Reverb Nation. You know Reverb Nation, the yeah, website? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
wow yeah reverb nation that's been going a long time i think they just reach out to everybody but like they did a thing where like oh we'll do a little contest and you know artists can submit music yeah and i listened to it and if i like it i i said you know hey and i'll play music on the show or i'll have someone on for an interview and holy fuck dude there's nothing it's like now i realize why i do this show (laughs) because so many people like not to say they're not talented artists but just just the wrong sound like just not the sound i'm looking for yeah and in the synthwave scene, there's just fucking hundreds of artists who are like, even when they're not great, it's still closer to what I want. And then with the Reverb Nation thing, like I'm going through like fucking electronic artists, pop, uh, all these things, and it's just none of it. Like I'm, I'm literally fucking thumbs downing everything that I've. <laughs> and there's like 500 entries right now, and like every day I try and just listen through one page of entries, and it's all wrong, all of it. I think I've so far liked two artists, and it's they're not 100, percent but it's like. Eh, close enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, especially in our scene, like, because I mean, it's been a fair few years that me and you've been knocking around the scene, like, you know, just been around it. And I just think, like, it's really nice how it how it's built up over time. And yeah, like, some people, I mean, I see things online sometimes, like, you know, people in synth who I've never heard, you know, like, who I've not heard of who are doing really well, and I check them out. I'm like, wow, this is really cool stuff. And I do think sometimes it's good to kind of take a step out of the scene look at other stuff and it does make you appreciate it it does it's like oh wow like there's actually a lot of unique artists in the scene even the ones that are only just starting you know what people should do um especially like the more instrumental artists is go to websites like reverb nation and like look up artists who do like kind of country and singer songwriter stuff and just ask them to be vocalists because i think what the scene needs is just more variety in terms of just artists coming from a different perspective but then applying the cool electronic music to what they're doing. Yeah. Because I think there's some people who they've got the brain to write clever lyrics and nice sounding melodies, but it's wrapped in a package I have no interest in. Mm -hmm. So I like the whole electronic aspect of the synth scene, but then people will use the same vocalists or, you know, they'll have sort of like a sameness to the way that the, the artists sing and stuff like that. And so... It's always interesting to hear like kind of different kind of style vocals, but with the the synth music underneath. I think that's a good idea. You know, I think that artists generally, I think it's good to expand and do something a bit different, even if it's not immediately, you know, successful. I think if you keep at it and you keep smashing it. Yeah, man. I mean, dude, like my first album, that came out and no one was listening to it. Like I can look on my stats now and it's like that March when it came out, was it March 2017? For about up until November... I think I was getting about I don't know 40 listeners a day sometimes about five and like I was just like yeah like you know what it's cool like I was never like oh it needs to be doing well like I was just like man I'm gonna just keep going because I like I like making it I like making those sounds mm-hmm. and I, I think there's a risk with doing that because some people might hate it I mean if it doesn't sound like your big synth wave I think it can make some people feel like they aren't really doing very well if, if they aren't getting that instant hook on people you know like and people aren't checking them out but takes time perseverance and i think that's a yeah let's have some uh, country synth why yeah. not <laughs> <laughs> if there's any country singers here in this i'll uh i'll gladly have uh, some country singers in my songs with a bit of banjo and whatever. need some synth banjo <laughs> well look let's move on here to city of eternal rain this is a cool one there's lots of cool tracks on here i want to listen to this one called we are one and the same by dead life <laughs> Let's go. 
And that was Dead Life with the track We Are One and the Same from the new album City of Eternal Rain. So explain this to me, because a lot of your albums, they'll come out on uh, on one label, but you've got singles coming out on another one. Is that correct? <laughs> well, it depends on what singles you mean. If you mean like No Longer Human and uh, Our Virtual Hills, they're on compilations with Fixed Neon. So... They're like a single on a compilation that they're releasing. Oh, okay. I think Altered's out, and that's what No Longer Human was on. It was like a... It's called Altered, and that was out earlier in the year. Our Virtual Hills, that's on another one. I don't know if that's out yet. Like, I don't know if the whole compilation's out yet. So I had City of Eternal Rain came out in April, and that was on New Retrowave. And then I've got an album out on New Retrowave next month on the 20th of November. Okay, so this is... Uh, well, this probably will air before that, so... People have something to look forward to. That's like a day after Cyberpunk 2077. What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like a little heard of game. Like You probably haven't heard of it, mate. It's like- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I don't get out much. I mean, I don't think there's going to be any next-gen console like available at launch anyways because I didn't pre-order. Yeah. And for a second there, I was going, oh, maybe Xbox because that Game Pass seems pretty cool. I have a PlayStation 4. Same. And I just read about how the backwards compatibility works because they've been sort of like vague on it. But I think they they, they literally said if you get a PlayStation 5 and you have your account, you can just download the games that are in your library on your PlayStation 5, even if they're PlayStation 4 games. Okay. That's cool. So... That sort of sealed the deal for me because I I'm a I already have like hundreds of things in the the library because I've been PlayStation Plus now for like two years and I I always just add every free thing they offer to my library even if I don't even care yeah even if it's like a fucking basketball game I still just add it because you can always download it later yeah and it's free right because it's not like PS Now I think you can just grab it can't you like I think every month they do that yeah so the thing is I already have this library and so I was like oh, I don't know am I gonna buy something else. Else and and wait for Cyberpunk, but then I just realized, ah, fuck! I'll just buy Cyberpunk on my PS4, and then it'll be easy to 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 play it on my PS5 if I get around to to getting one. Like the only problem for me uh, is just how loud my PlayStation 4 is. So I think what I'm going to do is build a box to cover it. <laughs> I have the top off now. I bought like a compressed air. You know how you can get compressed air cans to like clean your keyboards and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I bought an electric one that you plug in. So like I never have to use like a compressed air can. Okay. And I found if I blow that through the PlayStation and a bunch of dust shoots out the side, it is slightly quieter for four or five days. And then once like the dust builds up again, then it does this thing where it goes into like turbo loud mode where it just progressively just gets louder and louder. And you sit there listening to it going like, wow, like there's no way it can get louder and it just kind of keeps going. <laughs> Sounds like a plane taking off. Yeah, it's bizarre because it's, you know, it's like it's regular fan noise and then it will just be like and it just keeps getting louder and louder to the point where I'm like, is this the day? Like, is this the day that this thing just fucking explodes? Like, (laughs) you just see like this exterior shot of my house and then just this fucking mushroom cloud. Like, that was my only concern. It was like, I don't necessarily want to get cyberpunk on this thing, but if I can transfer it easily, then... I guess that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think that's probably what I'll do. Because my PS4, it's, it struggles. It's um, it's why I barely have it on, to be honest. Like, it, also, it's so hot. It gets it gets hot really quickly. And, um, like, my room's quite... It's pretty well insulated, and it's, it's pretty cramped as it is. It just gets so hot in my room, so... Oh, look at you, Eddie, over here with the insulated room. <laughs> La-dee-da. <laughs> it's fucking... pretty well insulated, my... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, to be fair, the house is over 100 years old, so I think mm. insulation that was put in like the. It's probably the 19th century. I don't know what they were using, I don't want to think about it, but. Mm. I hope you like asbestos. Oh, it's a hundred. Yeah, it, it, it most definitely is asbestos, to be honest. Well, unless it's like super old, because when. Because asbestos wasn't in the early 1900s. Like, wasn't that like a later, like in like the 40s? Oh, it zone? could be. I'm not entirely sure. I know that, like, where I work. Uh, there's asbestos there but what like it's fine so long as you don't disturb it oh see that's me fucked then because what i like to do is i like to take a sledgehammer to my wall and then just stick my head in and take a big whiff <laughs> yeah i mean I, I mean i get it i mean it is very <laughs> i always think like if, i wish i had a sledgehammer just going to stick my head in this wall well, I, I need i need my fucking asbestos fix man i just fucking <laughs> oh yeah and then like then that gets me powered for the rest of the day. I'm picturing what's the, I'm picturing RoboCop two when they fucking inject the nukes in their neck. There's that fucking future drug, and then like everyone just kind of acts crazy for a moment. <laughs> That's what I do when I get my fucking huff of asbestos. Oh man, to be fair, I don't know. It's an old house, and it's uh... actually I think our landlord's coming on Friday, so I've got to tidy up, which I'm not really up for, but. Gotta be done. <laughs> <laughs> At least your landlord checks up. I remember I had a fucking the shittiest landlord, and he'd. He'd show up, like, once a year, and, like, literally my ceiling was collapsing, and the fucker wouldn't show up, and then one day my ceiling actually did break, and it, like, got fucking plaster and shit all over my fucking clothes. Yeah. Like, that guy was an asshole. My. Fucking R- Randy the ear. He had this stupid business card where he had a plastic ear, like a giant plastic ear, and it, and it said on the card, Randy listens, and it's, like, showed him, like, with his hand up to the stupid plastic ear. That dude is a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck Randy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we called him Randy the Ear. He didn't call himself that. That's what we called him because of the stupid business cards. Or like, did you talk to the fucking ear? Like, where's the ear? We always called him the ear. Fuck that guy. To be fair, this, like, the one we've got is all right. Um, it's just how it is now. It's like, it's hard to get, like, your own house. And Yeah, no, I got it. You know, it's, it's just a massive blag. And, like, like, me and my housemate, we could probably, at this point, like, we could get our own places, like, but it's just so much cheaper to to share you know and like we live like across the road from where we both work so it's pretty chill but it's having to answer to someone and you know you have to live the way that they want you to you know like you couldn't have it a bit cluttered you know like you couldn't have too much stuff in the house or like in a certain area because they get a bit funny about it yeah yeah it'd be nice to just be like well i fucking live here so I'll live how I fucking want, but it's not. <laughs> I can't do that. No, I know, man. But I, I couldn't imagine buying. Like, I just, I, I'm not a responsible enough adult. I don't think. Like, when I see friends of mine who, like, yeah, we just bought a house. I'm like, how? Mind you, I live in Toronto, so the housing prices here are fucking absurd. Like oh, the, yeah. The street I live on, because I live in a, a nice neighborhood, and we pay the price for that. Yeah, and houses here like they're just a million dollars like that's just what a house costs on this street you know what i mean it's like i don't have a million dollars and i don't think i'm getting a million dollars anytime soon and even if i had a million dollars well first of all the houses are more than a million and that would be all the money like I i think about that sometimes like winning the lottery and how like when you're a kid it's like oh winning a million whatever like that'd be awesome and then now i just think if i fucking won a million dollars I couldn't buy a house on this street. I mean, you can put a massive deposit down, but then you still have to pay it every year. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then there's property tax and, like, all the other fucking bills. And <laughs> It's like, you know, when you get these competitions used to be around, like, when I was a kid, they'd be like, oh, you, could, you know, you could win this house. Or, like, this really nice Lamborghini. And it's like, yeah, but 
That doesn't mean you can afford it. If you get it, you still got to pay for like all the other stuff that comes with it. Like you just be instantly broke. Like oh shit. I thought about that too. It's like if I won right now, like someone like you won a fancy sports car. Like the first thing I would do is just sell it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, you're like well, what? So if this thing fucking gets a dent in the door, I have to pay ten thousand dollars because it's some fucking unique, stupid paint from Milan or something. Like no way. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck that. I don't even drive. Yeah, man. I mean, like my car. Like I'm, I'm happy with my car, but it's not a great car. You know, like. I really like it, you know, and that's all that matters. I mean, I leave it parked under a tree across the street and it's always covered in leaves. You know, I couldn't have a nice car because it would just be covered in leaves constantly. It's just how my car is. Because I don't really drive it that often as well. Like, sometimes I walk over there and it's like, it's turned into like compost. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, Jesus, I need to drive this. And it's not a bad car, you know, it's a, what is it? It's a Hyundai Coupe. So they look nicer than they actually are. Like, they, they, they look like a sporty car but they're not it's all for show you know it's only a couple of grand I think you can get one for a couple of grand now that's more than enough for me you know like because it was either that or get one that's like just a run around you know 500 quid although to be fair that wouldn't be too bad because I, I honestly don't really drive that often just get a skateboard yeah ugh, man I haven't skated in years man like and I wasn't even that good when I did oh. I was, I- <laughs> I did an ollie a few times. I did a very old kickflip by mistake, but I, but I didn't land it, so I didn't really. <laughs> <laughs> I was really good at manuals, mate, for like a few seconds. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that, man. Oh, man, I, I think I just injured myself instantly now. Well, especially with that fucking rib thing, man. Oh, it sounds mate. like oh, you man. just crack a rib uh, just standing on it. I know, yeah. Man, honestly, dude, like, when I did it, I was like, oh, shit. And then I phoned the doctor, like, the other day, and I was like, oh, I think I've, like, broken my rib here. Got me, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, all right, well, are you taking any painkillers for it? And I was like, nah, like, I don't really want to take painkillers. And they were like, good. Like, literally, she said, good God, man, take painkillers on the phone. I was like, well, all right, okay, fucking hell, I will, Jesus. (laughs) So, um... I'm taking them now. <laughs> to be fair, it, it is helping. Well, that's the important thing. Well, look, let's listen to another track, and then maybe we can uh, wind this down. Cool. I loved this track from City of Eternal Rain. It's called Collapse is Imminent. I think I have played it on the show before, but uh, this was my favorite one. I like this one a lot. And we're going to listen to it, man. This is Collapse is Imminent by Dead Life.
that was Dead Life with the track Collapse is Imminent from City of Eternal Rain, even though by the time this comes out, there's probably going to be another album and another single, but uh, you guys can discover that shit for yourself. And I'm here with Dead Life, Eddie. Hello. I hope. I did. So yeah, man, we can uh, we can probably sort of wind down. Is there something you want to talk about that we didn't talk about? Or? Like honestly, the things I want to talk about right now is the state of like because I've been watching a lot of football recently. I, d- I just want to talk about the state of Crew Alexandra's uh, squad. <laughs> <laughs> but that would not work in this situation, so I'm not gonna. You could be speaking like uh, Italian or something, and it would be the same to me. Just weird words and names of people and things. I just wouldn't understand the thing. Have you played the new Baldur's Gate? I don't know if you're into the Baldur's Gate games. I read video game news every day mm-hmm. more than I actually play games because my son is always on the PlayStation playing Fortnite. Yeah. So I actually am very rarely on my own PlayStation. So pretty much my gaming right now is on my Switch. I play Tetris on the Switch and Skyrim on the Switch and stuff like that. And that's pretty much all I do. But I am aware of everything because I'm always reading up to date video game news. So I am aware that Baldur's Gate 3 is, they've released what is it? Like it's unfinished, right? Like you can yeah, I mean, start playing. It's really actually it's done by Larian Studios, who did Divinity Original Sin 2 game, which is, like, really good. So, but it's 50 quid for an early access game, and, man, honestly, I'd wait. I just wondered, really, because it's just really hard, man. Like, it's based around D&D. There's a lot of, like, you know, chance rolls. It's like you have to roll for different things all the time. And um, it's a really difficult game, like, at the moment. I mean, I'm sure it'll be a lot easier when it's a bit further into development. But um, at the moment, it's just crazy hard. Like, I'm about to, like, stop playing it because I'm like, well, one, it's early access. Two, I don't think you can carry over your save, like, when it actually comes out. Right. So I was like, well, fuck that. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to fucking slave away at this game for 40 hours Then just have to be have to start again. It's going to be a really sort of interesting time just because of um, with a lot of studios and people working from home and maybe not being able to be as productive, we might be seeing more of this. Like companies going like, well, you got to pay for the game now even though the game isn't done. And it's sort of a weird thing. Like that's a weird thing to pay that much money for a demo essentially you know what yeah, I mean like it's, it's odd a lot. it's a lot of 50 quid I was like yikes but then I was thinking well I mean I've bought it now so when it is out I can just download it that's a cyberpunk yeah to be honest I've not actually looked at that much on cyberpunk I've just kind of I thought well I'll just go into it when it comes out and I'll probably buy it I'll probably get it digitally because um, I remember when the Final Fantasy 7 remake came out I got that digitally like originally I got the physical copy but then I was going to get it the day after it came out and I was like nah I can't do that because like my housemate got it digitally so he'd be playing it all day and i'd just be like like everyone really want to play it i i get all things digitally now i i still maintain that i think it's important to have physical copies because i've had experiences in the past where things fucked up and it was good to have physical games and movies and, and stuff like that movies i think almost more so now because i think people get confused about the streaming services like they they get upset when things get taken down or replaced or whatever and it's like yeah but you never owned it paying for netflix doesn't mean you own the movies on netflix like they can pull things off whenever they want and put new things on so if there's movies you really love and tv shows you really like i mean it makes sense to own them physically but when i look at my gaming from like the past two years or so i pretty much only buy digitally now that's why i might even when i when the playstation 5 comes out like i might not even get the disc one because i'm like i don't i just 
just have to actually look at the way I actually use the system, and I just don't play games on disc anymore. Like, I just don't. Plus, it's storage, and I don't, it's just easy having it on there. Like, I can just log in, it's on the cloud, I can just download it, and it's there. I mean, I understand the problems. Like, so, yes, you know, a fucking EMP blast goes off and we lose our hard drive. Yeah, we're not going to have our, our music and our games and stuff, but then we're going to have bigger problems if that happens. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's why, like, a lot of people, whenever they say stuff like, but what happens if there's this situation or that situation? I'm like, then we're going to be pretty stressed out dealing with that situation <laughs> yeah. to worry about our fucking video games and music, all right? Like, so yeah, let's just play, fucking... I don't think we're going to be like, oh, man, I can't play Witcher 3. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, man. now that I sort of have a bit more of understanding of how, like, the, uh, the PlayStation 5 backwards compatibility works, it's sort of like, no problem. I digitally download PS4, and then whenever I can get a hold of a PS5, just download it on that and just transfer my save, and then boom. Gives a yeah. fuck. Yeah. Fuck it, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> well, I've got a new PC now, so I'm thinking, well, I probably don't even need to get a PS5 yet anyway. Like, and plus, the PS5 looks massive. It's hench. It's a hench bastard. It's like... Oh, yeah. And that whole thing, I saw some video of some Japanese dude taking it apart. The entire inside is a heat sink. Really? Oh, shit. Yeah, like, it's, it's like a heat sink tower, which is good, because I think that'll allow that system to run cooler than hopefully quieter the PlayStation well. 4. And quieter. That's the thing, dude. And this is like the sad state of affairs with the sound of my PlayStation 4. The the feature I'm looking forward to the most in next gen is just a quieter system. <laughs> I couldn't give a fuck about ray tracing. Like, I see all these videos. Everyone's talking about ray tracing visuals and all this. I'm like, dude, what does it sound like? If it fucking's quiet, it can have worse graphics. <laughs> like, I don't care. Like, fucking ray tracing. With graphics, though, I look at the, the new graphics on new systems and I'm like, yeah, I mean, it looks really good. But, I mean, I put a tweet out saying, and like man honestly it doesn't look that that much different and man people are like you know you're fucking wrong like like not oh, no, fu- no no people are stupid like i get it like i've seen the videos ray tracing does look cool like i get it, it it's neat but at the end of the day it's all about the game and we've been playing the same game for years. Like, all the games have become open world. They all kind of have the same structure. You know, there's an overworld map, and there's a kind of a minimal crafting system, and there's, you know, fast traveling and waypoints and missions and side quests, and it's almost like every game is the same. Yeah. And so, to me, it doesn't matter what they look like so much. Like I said before, when I played Mario 64 for the first time, it blew my mind, because it was so new and different and cool. Yeah. The jump to 3D. When I played Grand Theft Auto 3 for the first time, I remember going, whoa, this is a fucking game changer. Like, it felt different to me. Like, there's something different about this open world where you can do whatever you want, and it's so basic now... But at the time, you get into a car, you just steal it, and there's a radio station that plays. Like, there's so much insane stuff. I just don't get that feeling anymore from watching new game trailers. Like, it's just, to me, it's like, I think games now look fine. I've been playing Far Cry 3. I re-downloaded that, and it looks fine. And that game's old, and it looks fine to me. It's open world, it's colorful, people look like people. Like, it doesn't look dated, it doesn't look like, oh, this this is an old game type thing. The generation that has aged the worst is the, like, N64 PlayStation 1 era. 
Those are the games that have aged the worst, I think, in my opinion. Even Super Nintendo has aged better because it's a particular aesthetic. Yes, definitely. Yeah. But like PlayStation 1 just had these fucking horrible textures. It was all jittery and weird looking. And N64 was very uh, simple. Like the 3D was very simple. So when you look at those games, they, they had blurry textures and pretty low res stuff. So yeah, that's the generation that I think was hit the hardest. And pretty much everything after, if you download the Dolphin emulator on computer... You can play GameCube and Wii games, and you can increase the resolution, like, as high as you want. And if you take those games, like GameCube-era games, and you just pump up the resolution to be, like, 4K, they look pretty good. Like, obviously, like, the models aren't as uh, smooth and don't have, like, as high a poly count as they do now, but essentially it looks nice. Like, it looks crisp and colorful and stuff like that. Like, it doesn't feel like some ancient relic, you know? Yeah, I get you. Like, it is interesting to say, though, about, like, how Mega Drive and, you know, like, well, like, the the Genesis and Super Nintendo, because those kind of games are still, there's games that are being developed now that look a bit like that. Like, they look a bit like those kind of games, whereas with PlayStation 1 and N64, yeah, that is completely just, it was like the start of the 3D era, so it was all a bit janky and a bit like... It's also how they play is the thing that really dates them. Ever since, like, PlayStation 3 upwards, like, that era, games kind of play the same now than they did then, right? Like, all the first-person shooters pretty much use even the same control style. Doesn't even matter what company makes it. It's like, X button is jump. Uh, click down the left analog stick to run. Click the right one down to crouch. It doesn't matter who's what company's doing it. They all do the same controls. They all look good, and they all play pretty much the same. Yeah. You know, when you're in, like, PlayStation 2 territory, that's when companies are still, tr- even when they're doing first-person shooters, they're still trying to figure out things and come up with their own quirks on the... On the thing to make it unique and then you just see what stuff won like what ideas won and what ideas didn't win and that to me is the thing so like when i play an old like first person shooter from like gamecube era and like playstation 2 and stuff yeah some of them control weird and it's like oh i don't know about this like there's something off about this yeah but nowadays no so like yeah when i watch the trailers for games when i watch like the playstation and xbox showcase where they show all the upcoming stuff to me it's like yeah it looks fine like it looks like the sun is making rays go through the trees like that's cool yeah and maybe like mist or like yeah smoke or something like oh that smoke looks nice like i do like that stuff but it's not the leap it's not the leap when i you know when we went from like vhs to dvd and it was like holy shit like the picture's so crisp and the sound is so clean yeah and and then when we went to like dvd to blu-ray it was like better but it didn't feel as exciting as yeah, the, the, the other like jump. It wasn't as big of a leap. Like, I feel like the leap's been getting smaller. And I definitely see it being with the crafting thing. Like, for me, if I go on a game, I pretty much know straight away that there's going to be a leveling system of some kind. I'm going to have to craft some bullshit. To be honest, man, like, I mean, maybe it's just me, but I like games with a really good story where I haven't got a fanny about. Like, because I'm like, I mean, I'm not a hardcore gamer. I'm really not. I like what I like, and I like things that look nice and play well and if I've got friends playing it then I'll play it you know but it's the whole like crafting or like oh you've got to craft this you have to farm some of these and craft that and it's like every game seems to have that now yeah like at first I loved that shit because it was 
when it was new. Like, when I first played, like, my first Elder Scrolls game, I was, like, blown away. I was just like, holy, this game's got so many things going on, like, so many systems and things to do and stuff. And now, like, since every game does it, now I'm just sort of like, I just want to fucking swing a sword at shit. Yeah. Like, and just, you just, you handle the leveling and I'll just handle the mashing X and cutting things' heads off and stuff. I mean, like, <laughs> but maybe that's another thing of getting old. The last, like, new game I played was Last of Us 2. And um, to be fair, I did enjoy it. I, I did really enjoy that. But again, there was a lot of the crafting stuff. I mean, that was in the first one as well. But um, oh, there was Death Stranding as well. But that was like a year ago now. I think. Yeah. But it's basically a, like an Amazon delivery driver simulator, but it's like in dystopia and you run everywhere. And I, you know, I, I quite like that as well. I mean, I felt it was more of an art piece. It's more of a it's more of a statement by Hideo Kojima because it's Hideo Kojima and he's. You know. But yeah, I mean, generally, like new games, I'm just kind of. I mean, we'll see with Cyberpunk, right? We'll 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 see how that goes. Well, I'm sure it'll be good. Like, I feel bad sometimes because I know there's a lot of like indie developers that make cool and creative things. But at the end of the day, for me, it's one game a year. Like, there's one game a year that really captures me enough to that I actually have to play it. Yeah. Like, I know Cyberpunk will be good. Like, you know when there's some games where it's just, just a fucking AAA game and they just put so much money into it that you're like, it's, it's going to be a good game. I know it's going to be good. Like, <laughs> yeah. when, when Grand Theft Autos come out, I'm like, I just, I know it's going to be good. Gonna like, be I don't, I don't need to read a fucking review. Like, that's what happens when you have the budget of like $400 million to pump into <laughs> your game. It's going to be a good game because a lot of gaming is technical. Yeah. And it just requires that testers and detail, attention to detail. And that's, you know that's part of it since all games play the same now that's the only thing that really separates them is just how much detail can the developer put into the thing and you need fucking hundreds of millions of dollars for that (laughs) anyway man look we gotta go we've been talking for a long time yeah dude it's been cool it's been chill so what should people do man they gotta go uh, listen to the dead life Uh, oh yeah like spotify twitter bandcamp Um, just type in dead life it'll come up it's usually just a picture of my face why uh why do you call yourself dead life Man, there's like a, there's loads of reasons behind it. You know, I've always been interested in like the, the area between life and death. You know, like we're all gonna die at some point, and we're all alive right now. Maybe, well, at the moment, this is. <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing now the very inappropriate way to end this. <laughs> <laughs> this should have been question number one. Anyway, yeah. look, man. <laughs> yeah, I was I'll like, have you on another time. You can tell me all about it. This is. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to end on a happy note, other than. I mean, are we really alive? You know what I mean? <laughs> so look, everyone go listen to the music of Dead Life. He makes cool tunes. Uh, if you like some uh, some heavy shit with some beats and uh, some cool melodies and things, I dig it. Makes me happy. And uh, yeah, man, it was nice uh, chatting with you. You too, man. Take it easy. All right, and that was my conversation with Dead Life. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, don't forget, if you have trivia that you want to submit, that you want us to play on the family show, you can send those to beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com and title the email trivia. We've actually gotten a few now. I just got one here from uh, Rama Branch. Rama? Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I think we've got a bunch, and we want more. All right? I would love to get so many trivia things submitted that I don't need to write a game of my own so that I can focus my time on editing video of me talking to puppets. So yeah, so that's trivia. If you want to submit some trivia for the Beyond Synth family shows, if you're unfamiliar with the format, just listen to the family shows. It's like... 
questions with four multiple choice answers A, B, C, D uh, and trivia now the reason why I do it that way I, I probably explained is you can't really do buzzer games over the internet because of latency so it's like it's not fair to like ask a question and go like who buzzes in even though there's like a second delay or sometimes a two second delay and we're all delayed from each other so it has to be multiple choice kind of format and, and just you just go from player one to player two to player three uh anyway what else um yeah that's pretty much it have a lovely week uh of course if you want to support the show you can go to beyondsynth.com and click on the donate button and there's a patreon patreon.com slash beyond synth and don't forget to check out andy's spaceship on youtube and uh, share it with people man share all this stuff i have no budget for advertising (laughs) one of these days i feel like i might do it just to see i mean i feel like if all these like fucking foreign governments and shit can just like buy like you know six bucks worth of ad content and then like swing an election like i feel like i should be able to do that i want to swing an election damn it for me (laughs) vote for beyond synth uh anyway look i gotta go Tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Bye. Thanks for If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth, or you can donate directly on beyondsynth.com. Beyond Synth can be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. And remember to like and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Until next time...